auto ancillary i'm very 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 optimistic see there's a very large change raj which is happening here the move mm-hmm. towards electronics okay mm. your whenever there's a large technology change a big pivots can happen of profit pools and mm. uh, this is where i would say that anyone should focus on because if india becomes a hub uh, you're looking at about 15 20 crore vehicles getting replaced right uh, there's a very large change happening here Hello listeners my name is Raj Singhal and welcome to another episode of Breaking Investment Stereotypes here we deconstruct world class investors or wealth managers and deep dive into their investing journey professionally personally or both this episode is brought to you by multiply.co where we believe that investing is an ignored life skill our mission is to create a platform where people can find fellow investors discover investing products and share investing ideas We have now gone live, and thousands of users are already part of a vibrant community. So do check out our app, which is there both on Apple Store and Play Store, or simply just sign up on web. I want to give a little guidance on how to use the shows. None of the following should be taken as an investment advice. Please see multiply.co/disclosures for more information. My guest for today is Amit Jaiswani, who is founder and CIO of As Stallion Asset Management. Uh, Amit is a double charter, and he has successfully completed his CFA from USA and uh, chartered market technician certification as well. A graduate in business with finance from Kingston University, London, Amit has been investing in the capital market from the last thirteen years. He started as a very tender age of sixteen alongside his father, who was a stockbroker. With humble beginnings, he started Stallion Asset as a research analyst firm, and with the trust of his clients. Stallion Asset has scaled up to become a portfolio management service firm. So, without further ado, please welcome Amit Jaiswani. Hey, Amit, welcome to the show. Hi, Raj. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Oh, thanks. So, Amit, you know, we'll start with your uh, life journey. Uh, you know, tell us how did you decide to get into full-time investing and fund management? I was just hearing one of your talk where you mentioned that you actually started investing very early. uh with your dad so tell us more about that so my father was a stock broker uh, honestly i don't know anything else that's why i'm in this stock <laughs> uh, but uh, uh uh like my father was a broker and uh, and he didn't know so much computers right and and as kids uh i was very passionate about money always uh about and that's how i started uh, we were brokers uh i used to there used to be like 20 25 30 clients so that time there used to be your dealers and behind yeah. your dealers there would be traders uh sitting there so i used to learn a lot from what others are doing how they're leveraging uh we, we, we i used to see a lot of technical analysis that time of course now it's more uh, uh more active i would say so uh, that, that that's how i started and i used to learn from other people's mistakes because when you have a, Uh, a few thousand clients you get yeah. uh, understanding so that's how i started of course i used to also trade the market uh win money lose money a, a combination of both uh but that that initial uh, part gave me a lot of insights on risk management especially on how to pick stocks how to catch trends uh that that helped me a lot uh, then i went to london for my studies 
yes so that's 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 how it uh, basically started i was pretty young that time but very very passionate about the markets that time also so you know as as we say there is always a you know we always of course make mistakes when we start right so what was your first biggest mistake you made while investing that was leverage to like i made probably uh, at an age of 15 16 it was 2006 so i was probably 17 years old that time Uh, so i made my 3 4 lakhs into 1.25 crores wow uh, that so, so i became a lot, lot of money for a young lot of money for a 17 year old kid <laughs> so uh, that was my initial part so i was very aggressive trader i would say i was leveraged and we and that time 2007 was a year where i believe a lot of people made a lot of money right trends were very clear Uh, you would buy an R and R L and R P L and Ispat, uh, <laughs> and next day these stocks would be up five seven percent. There was a, there was a lot of traders in the office, so uh, and what we had was so over time we realized that everyone wants to move towards technical analysis. So what we did is we gave a Falcon software. That time the only technical analysis software was Falcon. That was a provide. So we bought like fifteen twenty Falcon softwares, and that time these softwares costed a lot. and everyone would trade the markets on their own so basically we made every customer uh, and that time it was like a revolutionary thing <laughs> and uh, but i used to learn a lot and i used to be with the trend so i did understand about we i didn't read a lot of books that time uh, but i did understand how to be with the trend how to manage your risk but uh, but 20 uh, 2008 i would say uh, was very 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 tough uh 2009 i lost my confidence and uh in in markets it's okay to lose your capital but you cannot lose your confidence and uh and you could not like i couldn't trade okay it it was getting so so and i was in london that time uh, but it it got very difficult to trade the markets because even if i would make let's say 30 40 50000 on a trade i would exit my winner and not that ability to ride a bull market was was basically uh gone because my confidence was gone and then i moved more towards academics i got um, a few internship at some investment banks in london on the trading desk i saw how they used to trade the markets how they would uh, win basically uh, in in markets on very large sums of money right a few billion dollars um and and uh, that but i was always passionate about Uh, moving back to india uh, because i saw india as like a massive growth opportunity my father was investing in real estate also and that time prices of real estate would go up 40% kagar 30% kagar at least um, every, every year so i would see what kind of capital uh, my cousins are making uh, and and i had that thing for india so i i knew that i'm going to go back and basically uh, do it go back in india and that's what i did i came back to india i did my cfa that time i did my cmt uh, 20 2009 10 i would say i was bruised but i was not out of the game right i stayed in the game because of course i didn't know anything else right if you're you've spent 5 6 years um, and uh, you've just been doing that uh, yes so that's that was how i started i would say i was then working for a few uh the, one of the largest brokerage houses some some banks in india so that's how then more on the trading side always so till 2011 i would say 2011 12 i was not uh, supposed to be an investor my my whole goal was how do i be a better trader 
So how, what what made you change from uh, you know being a trader to an investor, right? Because now you are a growth investor. You know that's what I uh, see. Uh, so it was about, uh, I would say that I was doing my CFA that time. Of course, I did uh, get a very strong understanding of fundamentals. Uh, uh, but uh, trading, what happened was that the firm that I was working in uh, went bankrupt. Okay. And they were the largest brokers in the world. Uh, and they, they, because they were long grease bonds and grease bonds went uh, bankrupt. Uh, and and that's why uh, I had to move out from there because uh, your your limits you know how the trading world works yeah. your limits go down uh, you're not allowed so if your limits go down your bonuses go down uh, you can't take uh, very high uh, positions and that time I was doing my CFA uh, and uh, when I I got a job in a hedge fund uh, and when I once I got a job on the hedge fund side. Uh, I did, and the focus, see, Raj, according to me, there's no large difference between technicals or fundamentals. We're all looking at patterns, right? Warren Buffett looks at a pattern, right? He looks at modes, uh, uh, growth, uh, pricing power, et cetera, et cetera. Even Paul Tudor Jones, who's a trader, he looks at his own patterns. Ed Secuta looks at patterns, right? Even when you go back, uh, way back 80 years, uh, you'll see uh, all value investors were focused on a pattern, right? They were focused on dividend yields, trading at less than book value. So whenever you find investors, you see that every investor basically focused on a pattern of investing. And for me, like when I joined my firm, uh, like the new firm, like the, on the fundamental side, that time I was looking at the tech side for them. And tech that time was very... Uh, I would not say it was booming because it was just getting started. We would just hear words like smack and that time, like social, mobile, analytics, cloud. And those things were very, very, very new. But uh, I made very decent money even there, just following the pattern. Like this is what works. So you need to, at the end of the day, we need to perform in the market. The idea is not becoming very knowledge, just being knowledgeable. The idea is to get rich as well. So you need to connect the fundamentals or the patterns. And we still do that with the stock price that this pattern works and this pattern uh, will not work. So, uh, and there were trends, right? So, uh, and there are trends in the market. Like Dow theory would tell you there are three trends, primary, secondary, minor, right? The minor trends are basically very random in nature, the short-term trends. But we have traded all three. Like I have personally invested in all three, my time in all three of them and seen how to, how to basically win all these uh, three things. So, but largest wealth, I would say, uh, is made if you can get the long-term trends right. So uh, if you can get trends for five, seven, eight, ten years, that's where you can make with a large location where you can make a very decent size capital. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with short term you can make 10, 20 percent or 30 percent. With long term, you can actually multiply your 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 wealth multifold, right? You talked about trend, and I want to deep dive into those uh, primary, secondary, and uh, you know uh, the short term trends. Can you elaborate more in terms of what the trends you are seeing now before I dwell more into your investing philosophy? So India, I would say there is a very large trend towards consumption. And this story is going to stay for the next decade, two decades. Our per capita is $2,000, right? Uh, India's total profit pool is six and a half lakh crores. Consumer companies, the largest profit-making consumer company in India is probably an ITC with 14,000 crores of profit. Then comes your HUL at 9,000 crores. Uh, then you don't have, 
then you have nestle at 2000 crores these are very small numbers consumer as a basket the total profit pool is 44000 crores out of so nifty 500 profit pools is 6 and a half lakh crores uh, consumer is 44000 crores out of that so consumer as a portion of the total profit pool is only 8% as of today uh, if you look at tech i believe that that will have so it as i said the total profit pool of tech in india is 91000 crores out of that tcs is 34000 crores infosys is 22000 crores hcl is 11000 crores wipro's 11000 crores uh, then you have your lti at 2000 crores uh, then you go basically the profit pools for every industry over time get concentrated in a few players and that is in us that's in india the market leaders typically make it large so once you get a very large opportunity size and you get a very structural trend uh, and especially so this is what i believe what you want is so there are four kinds of businesses the most important is a shark in an ocean where you are a market leader in a very large opportunity size right uh, if you get a company so every industry in india broadly grows at between 10% to 13 14% if you can get a company which grows at two times three times faster than the industry for a very very long period of time so i example we will not buy a maruti who's got 55% market share right uh, because it cannot grow faster than the industry uh, we want to buy companies uh, which are 1 2 3 4 4% market share i would call it the hungry sharks in the ocean and and grow for many 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 years way faster than the industry and that that's where you can get long term trends so you make a basket of companies where you believe you can get secular sustainable durable uh, growth and 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 uh, you just uh, make sure that you're in the right stocks in that basket so that's a long term trend what are the uh, what are the other trends you're seeing so you, you spoke about consumption as a long term trend what are the other trends you're seeing consumer technology financials so these are okay. i would say very strong trends in india right now um the, the the four trends which which are just developing but when trends are in stage one that's where big money can be made i would say an export so india has been an export economy so out of our 600 billion dollars of total exports 200 billion dollars is services which should move to at least 400 billion dollars this decade right manufacturing so china's total uh, exports is 2 and a half trillion dollars that's what uh china exports i believe there are some places where india is getting con- competitive advantages something like an automobile uh some like these pli schemes will be a big game changer which can create multi decade so every large trend starts with a change right mm-hmm. uh pli itself i believe we have to look at so we we just have one stock in our portfolio more in the electronics side for pli but uh but this make in india story or or uh, the export kind of themes can deliver 20 30% kind of growth for a very very long period of time so you need to be with the trend wherever you see earnings growth higher than the index so last decade example nifty earnings growth was 2% but you had your consumer companies which would grow at 15% some at 20% uh, they created wealth so i expect nifty earnings growth to be 10 12% next one decade as well so i expect nifty 500 profit pools to move from 6 and a half lakh crores in fy21 to at least 17 lakh crores 
in the next 10 years. So there's 11 and a half lakh crore profit pool to be attacked. Now the question we have to ask, who are the players who will get it large? And they need to be leaders with you or they need to continuously pivot like Reliance. Reliance is a uh, pivoter. He pivots from one opportunity to another. So, uh, but technology, uh, as I said, is 13, 14% of India's uh, profit pool. This number should move towards 40, 45%. And so will the market cap, because that is what has happened in China. That is what has happened in uh, the US. Uh, tech is now about 50% of market share, even after the collapse uh, that we've seen in uh, hyperscalers in the US. So uh, yes, so we look at hyperscalers uh, and we also have the proven monopoly. So our baskets are the proven monopolies basket, which helps us in bad times. But we also look at hyperscalers, companies which can grow at uh, 25, 30, 40% for a very long period of time, but they need to be market leaders. So we don't buy the not so good quality companies. So there are four kinds of risk, Raj, that you always have to take in markets. This is what we believe. One is business risk, where the business is very cyclical, right? We try to avoid that. We don't have cyclicals in our The second kind of risk is being in taking management risk, where the management, so there are two kinds of managements. One who's unethical, for an unethical management, the fair value is zero. The second side is where the management is not capable. Okay, no, very less things are spoken about not have been with capability of the management, right? Uh, we also look at his track record of scale-ups, his ability to pivot. Uh, we like managements who can scale up faster, right? Uh, because entrepreneurship in India is a hundred year old thing. Hyperscaling in India is 10 years old, right? So we are just at the starting point, I would say, of hyperscaling. The third kind of risk in Indian or any stock market is industry risk, where you, you flirt around with businesses uh, which have exposure to, let's say, government, right? Um, well, receivables will never come only, right? <laughs> and you make massive drawdowns in B2G businesses. Uh, so uh, we, we try to avoid those kind of businesses. Not that uh, we've not lost money there, but we've learned all these from our own mistakes. Uh, over last decade, one and a half decade, I would have done hundreds of mistakes, uh, but you keep learning from your mistakes and try to get better. And the fourth kind of risk is valuation risk, right? Uh, so business risk, uh, valuation risk, industry risk, and management risk. These are four risks. And believe me, whenever you're investing in the markets, you'll have to take one of them for sure. So valuation risk is also a challenge in India, especially where uh, now everyone, once everyone knows the story, uh, the compounding becomes lesser, lesser, lesser. Yeah. But we do take, I would say, valuation risk if we believe in the long-term st structural story of, of the companies that we invest in. So, uh, you know, I mean, you mentioned about monopolies and I, I think you've published a note called uh, Analyzing the Winners. So can you share more details around the learnings and the findings in that? So eventually profit pools for every industry get consolidated to one or two players, right? Uh, you need to find companies who can get that profit pool. First, how big is that opportunity and who will get that profit pool? Example, um, if it's the beauty market, right? It's a 1.1 1. Uh, 1 .1 lakh crore market growing at 14% in India. You need to see who's going to get that market. Do customers love the product? For every industry, there's a size and you need to see who's going to get that because 
all companies, all industries, the profit pools typically get consolidated into those one, two players for every industry. So you need to make sure that you're owning the Apple and you're not owning basically the Xiaomi's of the world. So uh, Xiaomi is probably a market leader in the low cost side, but uh, the largest wealth creation will happen in monopolies and you will also not face drawdowns. So you get higher growth, higher ROIC. Uh, you probably end up paying some higher valuation at start. But when you look at this three years from today, the growth, if it's a market leader, it needs to grow faster than the market only, then it makes sense, right? I don't want a market leader, which is growing at 8% and the competitor, like other players are growing at 12, 13%. That would not yeah. make a lot of sense. The market leader needs to grow faster, create moats, and get better with size. And the, com- the, the industries that we invest in, let's say financials, right? I'm just giving you an example. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone open an account with smaller banks and not be with the large player who's got 4,000 branches who can give him uh, lo- loans at lower cost? Uh, can you can transact there is a higher level of trust so there are some industries where you get better with size like consumer fmcg right uh, you can just if any product becomes 100 200 crores of revenues all hul has to do and this product let's say is selling to uh, 5 lakh retailers all hul has to do is buy this product out or replicate this kind of product i'm just giving you an example we don't own hul in our portfolio so uh, it just has to buy that product out and uh, or create a replica and sell it across one crore uh, uh, retailers that they have. So in some industries, the bigger you get, the better you get. Uh, You get better in financials, I believe. You get better in technology. Most of the times uh, you get better in uh, uh, financials, technology and consumer. Yes. So these three areas, you get better with size. You don't get worse with size like google doesn't get worse with size right it gets it only gets better it integrates more and more things to your uh, to your entire portfolio basket so uh, yes in these three industries you get a uh, but there are some industries where you don't get better with size uh, you don't get better at size uh, in steel you don't typically get better at size at uh, aviation because you'll have to fly the unprofitable routes right if you are 50 60 percent market share you already have the bombay delhi with you right now you'll have to do pune uh, raipur right those kind of routes to get uh, that excess profitability so uh, there are some industries where where you typically get and that's that's where you can big is better it becomes a story so yes okay uh, I think I recently saw your tweet talked about the FI money uh, is dumb money. You know, they've sold like $25 billion in 22 and and probably turning to a buyer now. What do you make out of such a large scale selling by FIs? And of course, you know, the, the domestic institutions have stepped in. And thanks to all the mutual fund SIP flows for that. So, so Raj, I'm surprised to be honest because, and I'm happily surprised, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sadly yeah. surprised. We are long only, we're always invested in the market. Uh, but I'm very happily surprised that Indian retail has been able to suck in this kind of selling. Um, but also, I would say that never fight the Fed beyond the point. I've, I've, uh, because there are three ways of learning the market. Learning about 50, 60 years of market cycles. Uh, that's the first way. Learning about the second way is learning about uh, individuals and people who've made it large in the markets. Like... I don't want to speak about authors who've not, but I'm speaking about portfolio managers and people who've literally invested in the market and made it large in the market. That's that's where you'll get. And third, 
is to learn about what patterns work. Look, look at your own, uh, like five years, seven years of data of markets, uh, your own data of and your own trading patterns, factors basically, that high ROE works, growth works. What are the factors that work? Once you study these three things, uh, uh, these three things, you become uh, a very, uh, you get a very decent understanding. So the money which has gone out of India, uh, is not passive money. Uh, we all know who's been selling. Um, uh, you know, BlackRock's been very aggressive. Uh, they lost about 150 billion in Russia. So the guys who are selling, some is forced selling, I would say. And some uh, is, and the quality of stocks also, which are moving higher, tells you that you are at a late stage rally, right? Uh, you are at, at, at a point where you are at a very late stage. Some story stocks, some dream stocks, uh, the kind of stocks that you would have in your moonshot portfolio, uh, those are the kind of stocks which are uh, definitely moving higher. So the quality has become weaker uh, and not uh, stronger. At least in the last two months, I would say, last one month, one and a half, two months, uh, the quality of the stocks which are rallying is... Uh, is a late stage rally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the dumb money which is moving out of the. Uh, uh, not all is dumb money. Okay. Okay. So what will be the signal? Uh, so are you are you turning a little bit cautious here? I mean, you know, you spoke about the whole Fed thing, and we all are aware that Fed is going to aggressively hike now, and also start tightening. So how are you positioning your portfolio? So actually, on the fifteenth of so pivot days become bottoms. So even on my Twitter on 15th of March, uh, I had tweeted that, you know, what a big pivot is coming uh, in the markets, right? And that was for global markets. And that mm -hmm. exact day was the pivot bottom. So markets typically bottom out on an event, right? Uh, be it uh, the day demonetization happened, right? Markets bottomed on that day. That was the same day what uh, Donald Trump got elected. Uh, let's take lockdowns across the world lockdowns were around the 22nd and 23rd of March and that same day markets were falling before that and those pivot days markets bottom and uh, just start moving against the news uh, this time also around the 15th of March that was the time when the first Fed hike was going to get announced and that so if you look at 2008 as well uh, like if you if this is a normal uh, understanding of the market so markets were falling till june or uh, june of 2008 that is where bear stones went bankrupt and when lemon went bankrupt that's where the last uh, uh, drawdown happens so markets typically bottom on the worst news uh, so yes so the the news what everyone was awaiting uh, was the Fed hike. Uh, till the, the markets have stopped reacting to the Fed uh, the rate hikes uh, lately. In the Indian market, I'm speaking about, the global NASDAQ has still started correcting. Uh, but overall, I don't think I'm like so capable of continuously being able to predict the direction of the market. Uh, but I wouldn't go blazing out and saying that, you know what, I'll have 80% of my portfolio in small caps and uh, I want to be massive risk on. So I'm not very bearish on the markets, but if the 10-year bond yield goes above 3%, uh, you will have a new knock, I would say. So uh, if, if, if a 10-year bond yield moves about 10%, high probability, you'll have one more knock. Uh, and, and it's the celebrated stock. So the patterns repeat again and again in the markets uh, that every celebrity investor strategy between 2014 to 2017, assuming, was a 
celebrated investor strategy was chor bane more and that got hit uh, uh, very uh, badly i would say in 2018 i love that line i am hearing for the first time chor bane more that was the strategy uh, in 2020 if you look at the global market right arc uh, aum went from 1 1/2 2 billion dollars to 50 billion dollars coming coming on tv again and again it's the same thing and i saw that in 2014 also uh, with the new thing uh, i can't it's because that is about the indian markets the same thing you know there's one celebrated investor uh, and these things happen every 3 4 years and that's how markets are and you need to make sure that you're not over invested towards uh, the so called uh, the pipe piper of that bull market yeah, you have yeah. to be with the pipe piper till the time the pipe piper doesn't work <laughs> so that's how you, you yeah yeah so i mean you know uh, you know indian economy growing whatever the decent pace it's been growing and it will continue to grow and of course the per capita income will also continue to grow along with that right so your $2000 per capita income will go up to 3000 4000 5000 what do you think you know and there are always inflection points related to per capita income we have seen worldwide right i mean you know and and possibly the biggest inflection point comes when the per capita income reaches say $5000 what industry you think you know is going to benefit from this whole growth trajectory you mentioned about the consumption but i just want to uh, go a little bit more deeper so consumer i'm not very uh, gungo about fmcg mm-hmm. okay, okay. consumer i love retail because retail is where you get very high growth so from grocery retail you've got only one profitable player he's reinvesting very aggressively there we've also have beauty retail okay that's a technology mm. player as well but uh, that beauty retailer is also pivoting very aggressively to fashion retail which is a very large opportunity size so uh, we've got one celebration retail uh, company also in the portfolio right uh, so we love company so that celebration retail company has rocs of 70 80% uh, but it grows like a uh retailer with 20% growth we don't like 70 80% 100% roc and 10% growth uh mm. we like 20 25% growth and very high roic so growth gives you returns roic uh, saves you in bad times and market leadership guarantees that your money will come back <laughs> so <laughs> once and a good uh, ethical promoter who can execute in all periods of time so we focus a lot on how a company is executing um uh, if uh, we also have so it's a put so you will not create you don't have to buy the third best companies to create a lot of wealth you can buy good companies and still create your 25 28 30 whatever you know like we target 18 to 25% compounding for a decade as a fund but uh, decent investors will do even higher being in good companies you don't have to go to bad companies you just have to make sure but the markets also need to agree with you so raj i'm a strong believer of trends okay if my stocks are earnings are there if the company is good it should show on your stock price action also if the stock is not hitting new highs whatever i say and think is on one side <laughs> but <laughs> end of the day the stock should also hit new high it's a market's way of saying that it's agreeing to your thesis so yep. i do speak about market leadership market opportunity management margin of safety what i speak less about is also momentum right we so we are not very short term momentum you know stop loss this that but we look we want our stocks to hit a lifetime highs beyond the point 
for six, eight, nine months, if we think that uh, the stock's not hitting new highs, we do cut down our positions because we are strong. Uh, our, our focus is on capital location, right? Uh, we cannot be on, and all investors, when they come to us, they come with a 10-year horizon, but every investor looks at its portfolio at 3.30 p.m. daily. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if, if not multiple times during the day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We have to make sure we are uh, overall outperforming the market. So, uh, and and to, that's our job. That's what I believe. And both, both sides on uh, the downside and uh, the upside. So uh, that is our uh, whole goal. At, at it. So the stocks need to make uh, you can wait for six months, nine months, you know, like 15, 20, 30% of your portfolio will always not be hitting. So we are in consumer financial technology and pharma. Typically, when, when consumers are doing well, that is a risk of rally. Financials are not doing so well, right? Uh, so we get an opportunity to, you know, do the reverse also. Uh, the secondary trend, which I spoke about. So... Mm-hmm. Let's take an example of two companies. I'm just giving an example. Okay. Yep. These are not recommendations. We might have vested interest. I'll give you an example. DMART and uh, Bajaj Finance. Okay. I'm just giving you as an example. Let's take an example of 2018, uh, 2019 September. DMART was at 3000. Uh, uh, sorry. Bajaj Finance was at 3000. This is about 2019 sub, uh, September. Bajaj Finance was at 3000. DMAT was at uh, 1700, 1800 rupees. Both companies grow at 25, 30% and both have very high ROICs of 25%. Ideally, both are reinvesting 100% of cash flows at a 25% ROIC. They should give the same returns. Yeah. Uh, DMAT, uh, so Bajaj Finance, that time would basically cagger. I have 8% weight in Bajaj Finance, 8% weight in DMAT, right? Mm-hmm. Bajaj Finance would basically CAGR at 10% CAGR a month. Okay, it moved mm. from 3,000 to 33, 36, 39, 44, mm. 49. Okay, yeah. became 11% of our portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and DMART was staying at 1,600, uh, 1,700, 1,700 levels, right? All we did, we sold our Bajaj Finance and took, because DMART weight, Bajaj Finance weight becomes 11%. And DMART weights becomes 6% of the mm. portfolio just by, by the same logic, right? Yeah. All we do, we invest that Bajaj finance money. And this is the secondary trend, which I, I spoke about primary long-term trend. And this is the secondary part. We cut down weights in Bajaj finance back to 8%. Mm-hmm. And we invest that money in a DMART, right? COVID happened, okay? At one point, since COVID happened, DMART moved from 1700 to 2500 because it's a risk off, right? Mm. It's consumer, high inflation, low inflation. These have no impact on a DMART's long term profitability. DMART moved to 2500, but Judge Finance also moved to 1800 was the bottom, but 25. At one point, both of them were at the same rate, the same price. DMART became 11%, 12% of our portfolio, Judge <laughs> Finance. So this is where you go little secondary also so that you have a primary trend and then you have the secondary trend but you have a few growth sectors and few uh, like the defensive part so that's how our portfolio beta since inception has been 0.83 
So that's our against Nifty 500. So our beta is actually 17% lower than the benchmark. And um, against Nifty 50, it's 0.77. So, so you're playing a primary, you're playing also the secondary. Can you explain uh, for our listeners, uh, you know, this whole beta thing when you're saying 0.83 or 17% lower, just to help us understand in layman language, what does it mean? So beta is basically volatility of the portfolio against the benchmark. The benchmark mm-hmm. of course, 500 companies is very difficult to have a, uh, if the benchmark goes up 10%, theoretically, uh, or if it goes down 10%, theoretically, my portfolio should go down 8.3%. But mm-hmm. if, but that's where the outperformance comes. So if you take high risk and you generate high returns, it's great. Okay. But but you took a lot of more risk. Our goal is not to take higher risk, yet generate more returns. So risk in very layman language is volatility of the portfolio against a benchmark. benchmark. Let's uh, dwell a little bit deeper into the PLI, right? I mean, so uh, the PLI schemes uh, have been announced and supposed to be doing very well. Uh, I think what about 2 lakh crores has been announced ac- across sectors. What are the top two, three segments you are most uh, excited about and you're looking for from the investment perspective? So I'm looking at auto ancillary. I'm looking mm-hmm. at electronics where India has a very strong advantage. Uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, we've not been able to get a strong understanding who's going to win here. Uh, but uh, auto ancillary, I'm very, very, very optimistic. See, there's a very large change, Raj, which is happening here. The move mm-hmm. towards electronics. Okay. Mm. Here, whenever there's a large technology change, a big pivots can happen of profit pools. And mm. uh, this is where I would say that anyone should focus on. Because if India becomes a hub, uh, you're looking at about 15, 20 crore vehicles getting replaced, right? Uh, there's a very large change happening here. A lot of people are focused on ethanol. A lot of people are focused on even uh, gas cylinders, right? There are, there are stocks which are uh, market leaders in providing CNG connection, right? 60% market share of uh, CNG gas connections. But uh, I would say looking at Tesla, right? Tesla is now at trillion plus. The markets are very, very, very convinced about the longevity of electronic, like electronics in India. So we don't have stocks in the EV space right now. But but we are looking at that space because that change is a very, very large change. And uh, that's a structural change. And you need to see who monopolizes that change. So Mm. we don't have, let's say there are manufacturers, like there's an Electra, there's a JBM Auto, but we're not 100% sure there'll be market leaders or not, right? And right now they are more on the B2G side. Yeah. Once we get, because they're all giving it to the government uh, for uh, BST buses and state buses. We want B2C mm. market leaders, which can uh, basically nail it for us. Or even B2B, if, if you create a Bosch, like Bosch was 70, 80% market share of diesel engines in India, right? Where everyone else would focus on uh, making uh, the, the the components like uh, like the full bus or the components and this guy would make the diesel engines for the entire and if you get that for the electronic car manufacturers uh, large money can be made so electronic cars uh, auto ancillary and even electronic manufacturing like mobile phone that's a more easier thing because that is more of make of in, make for India and you've got a very good player here who, who knows how to execute right and the ability to pivot from one business model to another uh, 
um, mm. is, is tremendous. You you'll see all great businesses like like Apple. Apple was ninety five percent into computers, right? Yep. Today, Apple is less than ten percent in computers, right? That that's an ability to pivot. Google search was the only source of revenue. This quarter, uh, YouTube was eight and a half billion dollars, uh, right? Yep. So of, of same same as same as uh, Netflix uh, revenue, yeah. Exactly. Mm. So so you're looking at companies, the great companies like Pitylight today. Uh, the last 10 years, the stock has done well, but you like the, the adhesive business has grown at 4%. They've made a fortune in the construction chemical business, right? So mm. good companies pivot from like Astral pivoted from CBVC to adhesives. So you need to see who are the guys who are, who are able to pivot. Uh, like in the electronic manufacturing guy, the guy started from LED lights, uh, moved to uh, TVs. Uh, in LED lights, they are 50% market share. In TVs, they are 35% market share. Moved to washing machines, they are now 30-35% market share. And now to mobile. And they also started making screens for laptops. So you need these kind of entrepreneurs who say that, you know what, I'll be a shark in an ocean A, but the cash flows that I generate from A, I will invest in uh, B, C, D. So uh, that's where you can grow way faster than the industry. So, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of IPOs, tech IPOs, which came in the last, whatever, you know, five, six months. And of course, you know, most of them have seen a decent correction. Uh, any names among them you you have, you have think has got a long-term superior competitive advantage? See, I'll say that online insurance penetration in India. So, see, hmm. what we say today may not be relevant. So, all my views are till today itself. Yeah. Okay. Let's say when market opens back on Monday, uh, <laughs> my views have that's a, that's a, that's a that's a trader speaking. Huh? <laughs> so yeah, I would say that let's say uh, you want market leaders like yeah. insurance. You've got one player, the online. So insurance market is a in life insurance is six lakh crores. General insurance is two lakh crores in India. Broadly. Uh, they are expected to double in the next five years. So 8 lakh crores moves to 16 lakh crores. You've got one player online who, mm. who does 7,000 crores of uh, premiums, right? Uh, and he's 94% market share. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely sure uh, that that this... So in China, the, the insurer out there, the leading player out there is 6% market share. Uh, mm. In in Indonesia, the leading player there is nineteen percent market share. The digital uh, lender, mm. uh, digital insurer. Insurers, uh, yeah. In uh, UK, the leading player is thirteen percent of the market. So if you just mm. say that you know what six percent will happen in next ten years, okay. So you're looking at somewhere close to a sixty percent CAGR growth, and there will be J curves in these kind of businesses. So these mm. are not recommendations, and these can be very small tracking quantities for us. Right, but mm. we want to see how these companies evolve. We also like the beauty segment uh, here. So these are companies we like, and uh, the and it is very wrong way of saying that. Uh, like this is what I think. I can be wrong. Okay, that loss hai to we will not buy. These loss. So any company which does capex. Okay, if I take it up to the PNL statement, it will mm. show you large losses what we want is free cash flows at some point the magnitude of free cash flows 
So we all bet on the magnitude on free cash flow a business can generate. If we believe, and your take rate on insurance is 13%. So assuming you sell 7,200 crores of policies today and your take rate is 13%, you do revenues of 900,000 crores, right? Mm. Uh, and and let's see how what what they can do because I don't find a reason why they'll not reach 50, 60, 70,000 crores in the next uh, five, seven years. And and then you have to see that if they do 70,000 crores, what is the kind of profits uh, they'll make? But these are very small tracking positions for us. Only okay. price will make us scale up. When we get price action, because I told you, I'm not mm. okay with this growth rate. I need the stock to tell me that I'm right. So yeah. even if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll lose 10, 20 bips of my portfolio, right? But so you, you need to make sure that you are in the winning boat. And if this boat, let's say, doesn't do so well, there are signs that uh, when too many people start hating a stock, uh, typically we make the most money. Uh, we had a grocery retailer, which we used to own from day one of the fund, mm. right? And everyone would hate it. <laughs> uh, we made probably are killing probably eight nine x from uh, from our uh, purchase price right mm. and uh, everyone used to say valuation is that but number of retail investors have gone higher now in that counter but uh, yes now now no one speaks about so much about valuation on that counter you know that becomes somewhat a problem yeah so you know i mean we we get the data we have the narrative in the market and you know a lot of times people use the guts as well to take a decision how do you are you do you use uh, you know whether one or all uh, of these factors while deciding about investing or uh, how do you look at that see we are more analytical because our risk is measured right mm-hmm. uh, our largest loss of a portfolio stock has the l- largest stock of a portfolio stock has been 1% of our portfolio that's the largest we have lost on our position ever so we are very measured and analytical. We are not gut feel investors. I would say okay. gut feel in the sense that even if I'm looking at patterns, we will wait for the patterns and confirmations to happen. Then only go in. Uh, we, Because I was a trader, I focus a lot on risk management. And there are a lot of ways to focus on risk management. Some say there is a price. Uh, when a price goes down, you cut your position. Some say that if timing is there, you cut your position. Some say that mm. if there is something change of fundamentals, you ch- you change your position, right? We do all three, I would say. <laughs> so, okay. uh, we size according if all our things are, and we also size based on how much drawdown we expect in bad times. Okay. So mm. our size is based on how much upside we expect. And, but largely 75% is based on uh, how much downside we expect in bad times. So uh, like a financial, like no stock in our portfolio goes about 10% rate, right? Mm. Uh, if I'm buying, let's say a B2B pharma stock, it'll be 3%, 4% rate. So it depends on, because I know that someday US FDA comes, I'll, my stock will go down 25%, right? I'm just giving you an example. Mm. So we will not size up that stock to being an 8% weight of our portfolio ever. It's like, that's not, we think in terms of risk, and we think that if we bought it, let's say reasonable or at the start of a trend, or we are very confident in the next 10, 15, 20 quarters, we look like hyperscalers, like then we'll add our position aggressive. So what's a tracking, what is a tracking position size for you? 
like one two percent of the portfolio. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't track like to, to for a stock to reach tracking position itself. It's done very well. <laughs> so <laughs> because we track everything, to be honest. So I track yeah. the U.S. markets. I track track what is happening in China, and I'm not yeah. just saying prices. Tracking prices is easy. Yeah. Track transcripts. We track like con calls. We track. because it gives us a playing field we learn a lot of how people there say mm. we are a 3 trillion dollar economy right mm. and we're moving to let's say 6 trillion dollars and the patterns are exactly the same you look at mm. any emerging market like there are only four who've gone to that journey but how at 2000 or how we have performed from 1000 dollars to 2000 dollars the correlations are massive the correlations are massive that fmcg outperformed at uh, your 2 trillion to 4 trillion you will see consumer discretionary retail and uh, our retail can be online retail or offline retail right but both will do very well today amazon does 500 billion dollars of revenues uh, and walmart also does 500 billion dollars of revenues right mm. these kind and you you the patterns are going to be same as we move from 2000 dollar per capita to 4 5000 are are because in india You you have three four kinds of India, right? Seventy percent of India is something else. One percent mm. of India uh, is probably even richer than what US uh, is. So mm. uh, you see very uh, decent. Uh, like every segment will do very well. You need to choose your horses. That's true. So I realize that you have got both CFA and CMT certification. Then I know that you started your career as a as a trader. Do you use technical still in your portfolio? I would say the technicals are used more for the risk management part. I would say. Okay. Okay. Uh, we are strong. Uh, we believe in risk management. Okay. Mm-hmm. If if things go don't go right, um, uh, we we know how to cut our position size and all. So, but we also divide the portfolio in two parts. Assuming mm-hmm. if a consumer company goes down thirty percent, okay, mm-hmm. I'm go- probably going to buy the dip. Okay, because uh, it's a market leader. You know what happened to VIP, right? Bad times in consumer companies because they are debt-free companies. The the short-term things typically don't impact them. So we might buy a consumer company, but if I have a leveraged company which is going down thirty percent and it's part of my emerging monopoly basket, but the markets mm. are not going down thirty percent. Okay, if the markets are going down and the stock is going down, it's okay. Okay, mm. we might. Say that it's okay, but if you are going down alone, <laughs> <laughs> that means market is telling you something is happening there, and yeah. something is happening, and you have to listen to the market because yeah. there are old traders and there are bold traders, but there are no old bold traders. You have yeah. to respect risk, and there are ways to do it. Some say that mar- for him margin of safety works. For some, it says that you know what price risk. You have to have your own risk management, but you have to manage risk because markets keep changing. right uh, and but you also need to know how to write trends because whenever we wrote trends i've never had some guy on cnbc every day or et or whatever those new channels nothing against any channel but on new channel saying that this is expensive right i remember in 2011 when hul was doing a buyback at 600 uh, everyone said you know what the stock has gone from 300 to 600 but it was a 10 year breakout and 10 year breakout don't finish in one year right in a yeah. large low beta stock they typically go on so mm. for that one has to study history that was and then you had your earnings growth also coming in that time the premiumization game was happening and actual margins were increasing so once you get all these things right 
like an apl apollo in our case did very well for us right it's part of our portfolio not uh, not uh, any recommendation uh, but you had growth coming in you had market leadership coming there uh, you had you had great rocs of 40 45% coming in the company went debt free it it went to zero working capital days near zero working capital days when you get these kind of changes in balance sheets it becomes uh, it becomes very easy and you have your risk you know that if i'm wrong i have let's say 6% allocation and i lose 20% or 25% i lose 1.2% but yeah so you have to know that you know what i'm ready to lose 1% of my portfolio 1.5% of my portfolio on every uh, transaction but you not you should not typically lose more but you also need to know how to write the trends because biggest money and you cannot then listen to saying that this is expensive this is cheap because uh, for a stock to go from 10 rupees to 100 rupees it'll have to get expensive multiple times but for a stock to come down from 100 to uh, 10 rupees Uh, it'll be cheap at sixty, fifty, but if the screen is not telling you to buy, okay, don't just buy it. And yeah. don't be deep uh, value value investors. For every value unlocking, there has to be growth. Yeah. So you know, uh, uh, I'm assuming you're you're uh, bullish, and you know what's happening in India currently, and you know there are many positive things happening. So when you look at next ten year, right? I mean, you know, and people talk about cycles and changes and and, and all that. what do you see the next 10 year will look like from the equity markets perspective raj my understanding is that wherever you find just when you're looking at stock picking wherever mm-hmm. you find customers loving the product mm-hmm. you just and you love the product and you just do small research of i love this product odds are you'll beat 80% of fund managers no okay. i agree just, with you i do that okay. yes you look at data in the us market you look at data in the uk market you don't have to be so we also have 80% of our portfolio in b2c companies only 20% mm. is b2b you mm-hmm. focus on not to do what not to do wrong rather than what to do right i can mm. tell you b2g companies or government owned companies will underperform mm. in a 10 year period for two one two years they can outperform in a 10 year yeah. period you ask me some telling you <laughs> yeah the companies will underperform that of b2c or b2p but b companies that grow faster than 20 25% will i with a lot of conviction tell you will outperform the companies that grow at 5 7% companies mm-hmm. but for that 25% growth to happen the company needs to have an roic over 25% if your growth rate is mm-hmm. higher than your roc okay it's a debt trap okay so you will lose money there so high debt companies companies if you just avoid companies who have debt to equity more than one i assure you not a short not a guarantee just my own uh, research these are factor i told you three things that mm-hmm. work read about market cycles for last 50 years read about people who made money and read about factors who make money mm-hmm. companies uh, who can reinvest at roic okay if you are you're generating cash flows if you reinvest at all the cash flows basically continually do capex will outperform the companies who don't do capex at all right uh, so these are some factors that that i can tell you but how about india india will move from as i said 6 and a half lakh crores to 17 lakh crores that's my big picture theory the mm-hmm. largest uh, there there will be some so in financials i would say that we'll focus on technology 
companies who 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 create technology the banks are not about branch banking that game is over about technology banking right mobile banking and that's where largest whoever gets that pie right will create a massive bajaj finance kind of returns because the growth will follow right um, mm. uh the second part uh in technology have a combination of services and hyperscalers but size your position up if your price is also showing that you are right right mm. uh, believe me you are buying something which is so this is a marathon okay i'm 100% convinced that technology so consumer tech will be 20 30% of the market cap but out yeah. of a 42 kilometer 42 kilometer marathon we have reached only 1 kilometer and we are all trying to pick who's going to be the winner ye winner hai this that it's okay because customers have moved there where goes the customer there goes the market cap right mm. i can assure you that very large wealth creation will happen in the tech space just don't ask me which stocks are right now because we are also somewhat uh, so we can size up down depending on our conviction that this story is working out as we expected and that you can see on quarterly growth numbers every 90 days <laughs> you get data which shows you things are going on track or things are not going on track uh, so technology the third i would say consumer the but the discretionary part of the consumer and there'll be massive consumer monopolies just the size of profit pools are very small india's largest ac manufacturer makes less than 100 million dollars of profit the total number of ac sold in india is 55 lakhs right mm. and every house has two three acs right it's not yeah. like ac something else mm. so the size of profits Uh, are very 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 small right now. Like India's best footwear retailer or even the brand, we don't have positions there. But I'm just giving you an example. Makes profits of twenty five million dollars. So the size of profits, like let's say Relaxo, okay, he sells eighteen crore shoes. His profits are two hundred and fifty crores. <laughs> so. the size of profit and when people say that you know what nike trades at 35 p boss nike makes that kind of money and it's already reached uh, every market right so indians will have that that and if you get growth growth will create market capitalization but if you get value and growth that will also work but i think biggest losses which i had this is this is what i think where you been that those medium quality companies who are not market leaders so there you know you have to know how to sell right and if you don't sell right then don't try to get into it all as well yeah. so yeah, that's a very valid point yeah if you can time it properly then there is no point even trying that because yeah, those those, yeah. those are those those doesn't doesn't sustain for a very long period of time Yeah. The first twenty five percent is going to go. The last twenty five percent is going to go for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to know that how big is the middle pie, yeah, and yeah. Uh, if you, the change is big, because see, I've been a technical more on the technical side and I've been on the fundamental side. If the growth is not very large, your stock cannot walk. It's like uh, you will not win. You need growth to win. It's not possible. You will not. It's not possible that you'll have multiplier returns without growth being there. Uh, we are coming towards the uh, you know last part of our conversation, and so what advice? I mean, I know you're 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 still very young, but what advice you will give to a twenty or twenty year old self of yours? Uh, uh, you know, what do you want to tell them? Invest in yourself and be passionate about you know be passionate. Keep learning. Our team, like my team, they've been learning very aggressively. We are here because 
because of them, because of their hard work and learn about technology. Uh, that is where uh, I would say that the one regret I would say I have that I don't know how to code. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, that is one uh, probably uh, regret that I have, but uh, everything else, but if you're working hard enough, because I'll be very honest, Raj, till today we work 14 hours every day. It's not just me my team also so it's like when you have that kind of passion uh, and you really want to win uh, it works right it works right yeah so to, at 20 years i would just say that you know and also travel a lot meet a lot of people you know how to speak uh, better uh, so i went outside to study believe me i don't remember what i studied not even one percent of what i studied i remember but, I, but what i learned is how to speak to people and in life you'll get rejected many times when i started on my own when my age was 23 right 24 when i started my own uh, business believe me i got rejected 1000 times i've gone to people i've called more than 10000 people for our research desk we we started off at the research desk mm. and then pivoted to the pms uh, mm. called more than 10000 people spoke to 10000 customers i've met more than 1000 people individually going to them so mm. We've done all that, but what you get a good understanding of my customer. I may be a little, if I'm not, I know one's best in the market. We try to improve in the market, but a good business needs to have a very strong understanding of his customers. His customers are 80% of the business and his team. If you understand the customer and you understand the team, you're 99% done in business. And in the market, if you understand risk, you understand the trends, you understand fundamentals um, and, and yeah, you're, you're broadly done. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great advice. You know, our show is called uh, Breaking Investment Stereotypes. So any uh, stereotypes you've come across in your life which you want to talk about here? I can't recollect at the back of my head, but for me, I'll tell you, uh, if I'm not in the trend, it doesn't uh, probably play out as well. So I like, like this phase that uh, if you be in the trend, manage your risk, but trend of growth has to be followed by a decent companies, decent growth rate. Uh, you'll do very well. What investment stereotypes? I don't think you can make big money in just doing value investing. And this is my, in India, because I mm. failed. So I might be biased, uh, but value investing without a catalyst is not, uh, I don't know, like it doesn't work yeah. so. The, the, so the tricky part with, yeah, the tricky part with value investing is actually the terminal value of the, the enterprise, right? The terminal exactly. value may be zero. You don't know, right? So Exactly. So I, I because I lost a lot of my initial money doing value investing. You know, I used okay. to buy those cheap penny stocks. But that's how you learn, right? Yeah, uh, if you don't lose and do not believe in anyone who says that he doesn't lose money in the market. If he, one guy says that he's a genius in the market, you'll have to go down multiple times. Whenever yeah. I build a house, some bricks get broken. I be yeah. sad, disappointed. But you have to rebuild those bricks again and again. And this every three, four years, the market knocks me. This quarter also, the markets have knocked me. I'll be honest. This quarter also, at after 12, 13 quarters of doing alpha, this is my first quarter mm. uh, where my alphas are... Uh, basically negative, right? Mm -hmm. Marcus basically slaps me and every three, four years, whenever I reach a hundred percent alpha, I give 10%. This is my own pattern I'm yeah. seeing. That market slaps you for every three, four years for once. And then you think that, you know what? 
where did I screw up? I'm not with the market. And then you rethink, reject uh, what mistakes and your own PNL will show you your mistakes. And then uh, you start working again on building the house. <laughs> but I you, the next time, Raj, and also the fact every four years, people say that, uh, that you have exactly the same thoughts every three, four years, but that's never been the case with me, right? Mm-hmm. Every three, four years, I learn things. What I say today if I say the exact same things three years from today, that means I've not learned anything new from markets, right? Uh, there will be things which I will be changing, but that's how markets are. The the amit of if the amit of 2022 will be very different from the have is very different from the amit of 2018. Your your way of thinking, your size, everything changes. Not very much. Some things remain the change, but some things change. You know, you just, I might be speaking about something else, which I would have learned, but keep learning. You know, the markets uh, teach you so much every day. And this is what 2014, I was different. 2010, I think I was different. 2018, I was way different. (laughs) And today I'm different. And, but that's the fun part of the journey. And I'll be sad if I'm not different in 2026. Awesome. No, thanks a lot, Amit. I think it was a great conversation. I, I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Raj. Thank you, everyone who've uh, been able to hear this conversation. Thank you, Raj. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you.